as a kingdom driven man, should I be ambitious? This is the topic. This is the question that many men are wrestling with right now. We have this deep desire to achieve greatness, to overcome challenges. And I believe that men are created to be builders. However, we also wrestle with this inner conflict of, am I pushing too hard? Am I striving? Am I running after something that I'm not meant to run after? And is it birthed out of selfish ambition within my heart? On today's episode, we are gonna dive deep into the topic of ambition and what this looks like for kingdom men like you and me. In today's episode, we're joined by my good friend, Alex, who's also gonna serve as our conversation partner as we discuss and discover what Jesus and the Bible says about ambition in the lives of kingdom men. Let's get into it. You are listening to Raising the Standard, leadership, mindset, and development for the kingdom man. If you've ever wondered, how can I be the man God created me to be? Or maybe you asked yourself, what purpose does God have for my life? If that sounds like you, then you're in the right place. My goal is simple, to help you access the unfair advantage all Christian men have and give you actionable strategies to reach your full potential. My name is Josh Kachadorian. I am a best-selling author, husband, father, disciple, and son of Jesus Christ. If you're ready to get off the sidelines, upgrade into your identity as a kingdom man, and take the territory that God has for you, then it's time to raise the standard. Welcome to Raising the Standard. Guys, I've got a great episode for you today. I'm here with a friend of mine, and we're going to be discussing something that is on the mind of guys just like us. If you're listening to this episode, you are a kingdom-driven man. You have this drive within you. You have this destiny over you where you want to achieve, you want to see greatness in your life, you want to take territory, and you want to be the man you're created and that you're called to be. And if that's you, then you're in the right place. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about a topic that is so central to our time right now. It should be on the mind of every kingdom-driven man. And there's a lot of things that need to be discussed and examined, and this is worthy of our consideration to put time into discussing this and uncovering what the will of the Lord is in our life concerning ambition. So on today's episode, we are going to break down this word ambition. What does it mean? What does it look like in the life of a believer? What's it look like for you and for me? And if you've been listening to the show, we are changing up the format. We're introducing some new ways that we're delivering content to you. And one of the ways is what we're doing today, where I'm joined by a friend who will serve as a conversation partner someone that I'm great friends with, and we've been having a conversation offline about ambition, and it was so good that we decided, you know, we have to share this topic, we have to share these viewpoints with other men. So I decided it was time for the Raising the Standard audience to hear about this topic and really learn about it from a biblical and a kingdom perspective. So I'd like to welcome my very good friend, and my brother, Alex Fanjul. Alex, welcome to the show, man. Hey, Josh. Thank you so much. What an honor to be here with you. Uh, so, so blessed to be here, bro. 
Yeah, man. We've been having this great discussion one off. You know, you and I, we built a great friendship. Um, you know, we're brothers in the battle together. We rely on each other. We listen to each other. We take time to share what the Lord is doing in our life. And part of the conversation that we've been having that's just been running for the last couple of weeks now is this whole topic of what we're called to do and really this word ambition and what's that yeah. look like for you and me. And if people are listening to this and you grew up in church or you are a Christian, normally when you hear the word ambition, it carries a little bit of a negative connotation to it. And Alex, I want to get your perspective on that. What do you think of when you hear the word ambition as a kingdom man? Yeah. So interesting enough, when you and I started this chat, um, you know, you, you mentioned that you wanted to do uh, this, this topic of ambition. And um, I know we were connecting and I was like, man, bro, that is an amazing topic. Like that's something that I personally am struggling with in my own life, like trying to figure out what is the definition as a believer of ambition. You know, for you and I, we we're both um, high achievers and we, we really are guys that, you know, um, in our fields, um, want to do the best we can, right? And so, you know, it's something that I've been thinking about for a long, long time. And when I think about ambition, uh, Josh, for me, it's it's really like this God-given desire to want to do something, um, you know, want to take, I guess, uh, territory and, uh, you know, or achieve something and and really having that desire to want to do it in the, the, the strongest way possible. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when I think about ambition, that really is for me, it's like this it's like this this inner drive, if I could say that. From the self, something that yeah. we want, that we want to yeah. take, that we want to conquer, right. um, something actually like in the DNA of a man. <laughs> Alex, let's let's take a step back for a minute. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about your background because you're a sales guy. I'm a sales yeah. guy. If if anyone's listening and they're an entrepreneur, they're a business owner, um, yeah. or they work in the marketplace, you know, it's competitive. So we have to be on top of our game and we have to to level up in every area when it comes to the marketplace and the workforce and what we're doing. So give me a little bit of your background and maybe how that shaped your view of ambition. Absolutely. Well, you know, for me personally, Josh, I um, I was born in New York and, and uh, actually came from a single family home. Uh, my mom worked three jobs uh, just to maintain uh, my sister and I just to kind of keep us going. And I remember from a little kid, you know, I always was like, I cannot live that way. Um, I need to have money. There was this idea of wanting to, you know, just need money in my life. And so uh, ever since I was a kid, I was ambitious. Um, I used to shine shoes, Josh. I don't think you knew that. But when I was around 12 years old, I lived in the Dominican Republic and I used to shine shoes. Um, I used to sell fruit in the street. I do anything possible to have just some cash in my pocket. Um, around 15 years old, I met the Lord. And um, at 21, my wife and I uh, went into the mission field. So we got married in March, September that same year, we were in the mission field. So I went from, you know, this guy that was always hustling to being in the mission field dependent on people to kind of take care of me, you know, send us donations so that we would be able to, you know, kind of, you know, be missionaries and do this thing for the Lord. Well, you know, let's fast forward to I come back to the U.S. in 2003 get into real estate. And, you know, this shift happens in my mind where I immediately go back to a place of, I need to, again, you know, start to make money. Well, there was really like, for me personally, no, no kind of like, I guess, plumb line of what that would look like, you know? And so 
I dove into what the world teaches for, you know, how to make money. I wanted to learn as soon as possible. So I really started to just read books, started to follow a few guys on, on, uh, on you know, YouTube and things like that. Long story short is um, went into real estate uh, and from real estate in 2008, obviously, you know what happened uh, in real estate. So I had to reinvent myself and went into finance and I've been in finance ever since. So been working as a financial uh, professional uh, together with a firm that uh, is, is an amazing firm, but we, we just really are focused on, uh, you know, wanting to help people. Uh, but in that whole journey, there's been a lot of learning about ambition and, and a lot of kind of struggles in there as well. But similar to you, Alex, I've always had that hustle mentality as well. A lot of jobs, a lot of different things growing up to try and make that money and be in the position where I felt safe, where I felt secure. And later in life, that, that turned out to me starting my own business, being an entrepreneur, growing one location of fitness stores into a chain of three, and then making the jump into the corporate environment um, in a high pressure sales environment where everything's measured by numbers. And you know, if someone's in sales, you know, we like to say that we keep score. We keep score. There's a scoreboard. We're looking at numbers constantly, and you always know where you are. So that's been the world that I come from, which is also high pressure, and it also drives you. It also puts this fire within you where you have to perform because that's how you're evaluated, and that's how you make money. So with the context of that, that the pressures, the guys that are listening to this show, that we come from those environments where the world is telling us we have to run, we have to move. We have to drive, we have to provide, and we do have to do those things. However, we know in the kingdom, ambition looks different. And there's this worldly connotation of ambition, and we've seen this played out in a variety of industries, influencers, athletics, across the board. We can see what selfish ambition looks like. And that's actually a term that's used in scripture where ambition can be described as selfish ambition. Let me actually go to that text. So if anyone's listening, they wanna know where I'm quoting that from. It's Philippians 2.3, where Paul says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. So Alex, my question for you is, obviously you grew up in a Christian environment, you were on the mission field, what do you think of when you hear the word ambition? What, what was associated with it for you as a Christian? You know, for me personally, it was really about hustle, you know, um, and it was about kind of taking the reins into my own hands and making things happen. Um, you know, it was almost common sense that, well, look, you know, I mean, if an opportunity is in front of me, I got to attack it. And I think that's what got me into sales, Josh. Um, I, I'm sure it's what got you into sales was the fact that, you know, we have this talent to be able to really kind of come into a room and uh, just, you know, talk to people, uh, really make people feel what, good. And, and at the same time, just, you know, um, sell a product. But I remember that that was really for me more just taking things into my own hands and wanting to really... Um, wanting to really just make money, wanting to keep score. If I can be a little bit more vulnerable with that, it was really about, and, and, and uh, even now I kind of struggle with that. It's really about, you know, obviously just um, how you look in front of other people, right? So, uh, you know, uh, that, that's a big one, Josh. I think that for most people with this ambition thing, there's always this, this inner drive of, you know, um, 
how am I looking? You know, the prestige of, of how I'm looking in front of others. We want to take pictures yeah. with the, with the big guys, right? Um, you know, both you and I, I mean, we've, we've been in places where we're in front of celebrities and we want to take that picture so we can post it and, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, look good, you know, for one reason or another. But the reason is obviously sometimes the drive and the ambition. So what you're saying is absolutely right. Um, I think that, you know, it, it definitely does, can have a negative connotation and we've seen it, you know, throughout, throughout um, the world. Yeah, I just want to touch on one thing you said there, you know, just in terms of perception. Um, and Christian men are, are not immune from this. There is a perception that the world is after, and we can find it's just that. It, it's perceived status. People want status in life. That's what they're looking for. For us as kingdom men, we should be pursuing significance, which is our identity. It's really tied to who we are as sons. But the world is pursuing status, and it's easy for us to get caught up in that because we're in the world, but we're not of it. So we have to walk differently. We have to guard our heart differently. And I think that's the crux of this conversation and where I want to go with this. Um, I want to touch just a little bit more on this negative side because, you know, in my research and if we just look across history, um, we can see so much damage has been done by ambition. So usually when we think of ambition, we think of this negative connotation because ambition certainly can be deceptive. It can be dangerous. It can be sinful. And as we've seen in scripture, even Paul was telling the Christians of his day, be careful, guard yourself against selfish ambition. So there, this is real. And this is something we need to pay attention to as Christian men guarding ourselves and watching over our heart to make sure there's not selfish ambition, which is really born out of the soul realm. It's born right. out of my desires, my carnality, and the things that I want that gratify my flesh. And I think it's what you just said, Alex. It's like, yeah. that's a fleshly desire to have status, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that it's really one of those things that, you know, uh, you and I talked about this, Josh, and this was, I think, something that I still struggle with, I think that a lot of men do is, you know, how, how silent this, um, this whole thing is in reference to, you know, this, um, and lethal, this, this, this idea of ambition, you know, where, where Paul talks about it because he knew that it was something that kind of quietly, it's almost like rust building, you know, it kind of just starts to build in you. And before you know it, it just takes over. You know what I mean? Um, I was recently talking to a friend uh, someone that I'm mentoring, and we were just talking about that this guy, you know, he's in a very, very kind of high level position, and he he loves the Lord. But at the end of the day, man, he's kind of like, you know, rubbing shoulders with some very, very high level guys. And he just feels like he needs to, um, you know, uh, he needs to step up, right? He needs to kind of like, show that he also can play with the big boys, you know, so he, you know, all kinds of stuff, Josh, I mean, it's not bad to have a nice car and all that stuff. But when that drives you, you know, um, that's kind of what I see. I mean, that that was for me for a long time, uh, something that I was struggling with, you know, in reference to just wanting the beautiful stuff and the nice stuff so that I could say, hey, um, look at me. Yeah. And at the same time, we're not saying it's wrong to have nice things because oh, we do man, believe no. the Lord wants to bless us. We're not yeah you know, anti-abundance. Jesus talked about the <laughs> abundant life, and I don't believe that's right. all physical prosperity only. 
I believe first and foremost, he wants us to prosper in our soul. But when we look at the words of Jesus, he says, how can you worship two gods at the same time? He says, you're going to end up hating one and loving the other, be devoted to one and despise the other. And he's really talking about the spirit of mammon. And he says, you can't worship the true God while being enslaved to the God of money. That's Matthew 6, 24. And it was something that Jesus was aware of. He knew this was a plague. He knew this was something that the followers, even the disciples, even the people of his day had to be on the lookout for. And that's why he teaches this. So everything you're saying is really about this driving force. And the question becomes, what's driving us? Yeah. What's driving us? Because it's okay to have goods. It's okay to prosper. It's okay to have nice things. But when they have you, Mm. that's what Jesus is really warning about here. Right, right. And, you know, I mean, it's it's so true, Josh. I, one of the things that, you know, to me, when you wrote the standard, uh, really stood out to me in that whole conversation was, you know, looking at Jesus as, as a man. I mean, I can say that I've been a Christian for 35 years and for a long time, you know, um, to me, it was like just seeing Jesus as, you know, the son of God in heaven. Your book really just brought some some kind of like revelation to me of seeing Jesus as a man. Um, this carpenter that had a business that basically was, you know, day to day for 30 years, Josh, uh, living, um, doing business. He had to do commerce. He had to quote people on, you know, doing a job. He had to, you know, um, buy material. And, and, you know, I mean, how did he handle ambition? Like when you think about ambition and you think about Jesus, um, you know, now that you mentioned this about him talking about that, you know, that that verse there, what are your thoughts? Like, how, how do you think he handled ambition? Well, let's let's first redeem ambition because we've been beating it up so far. We've been talking about how it's negative and it certainly is. Right. So here's the spoiler alert for everyone listening. Ambition is not entirely bad. I actually think the word is neutral. And let me explain what I mean by that. So there is a concept. I want you to think of three thoughts, negative, neutral, and positive. And when people come to the Lord and they become a Christian, most people perceive that as this is negative. It's about what I can't do. It's about all these things I must take away from my life. And ambition is usually one of those things. I can't do that anymore. And we're certainly not living for ourselves, but it becomes a checklist It becomes behavior modification. It becomes these things, or at least that's what the world thinks it is. Um, And some Christians, unfortunately, that are are caught up in religion. And it ends up being all the lists of the don'ts. What I can't do. Don't do this. Don't do that. And it becomes very negative. And ambition can be negative. If we look at any dictator, any ruling empire across the history of the world, if we look at Hitler, he had ambition. It was an unholy, it was a deceptive, it was an evil ambition, but it was ambition. It was selfish, it served him, it did not serve anyone else. So we have to state that that is real and we have to be on guard against it. Now, there is this concept of neutrality and I believe if we look at the word ambition, if we look at the concept and the principle behind it, I believe ambition in and of itself is a neutral word. It can be used, and what I mean by that is it can be used for good or it can be used for evil. So we've already discussed, you know, there's been corporations out of greed and selfishness. Um, They've done horrible things to the community. 
They've done horrible things to the people they are supposed to be serving um, all to make more money. They're driven by greed. So that's the negative side. That's the negative side of ambition and what it can do to someone. And it's rooted in self. It's selfish ambition like the Bible warns us of. However, if ambition's neutral, that means it also can be positive. Mm -hmm. And we talked about this before as well, Alex, that if you think about when God placed Adam in the garden, Adam now has a personality, he has a, a creativity, he has a force, a driving force within him to wanna do things, to wanna work, to wanna expand that piece of real estate that he was given as he exercises his right as a vice regent with the Lord to yeah. take dominion, to subdue yeah. the land, to multiply, to replenish. And this is a positive form of ambition. Yeah. So right. I believe it can be redeemed. So now that we said that, that they're actually, you can redeem the word, you can redeem the principle ambition. And I'm also gonna show this to our listeners in the word. Um, I'd ever, I never wanna just state something and not be able to back it up by scripture. It's really important that we can anchor ourselves and align ourselves to what the word of God says. Well, let me get your thoughts on the holy side of ambition. And then let's talk about what this looks like um, for us, and I really want to dive into your question of what did it look like in the life of Jesus, which is an excellent question. All right. Awesome, man. Um, so, yeah, for me personally, like, you know, with ambition, um, I love the fact that, that it is neutral, you know, and I think that that is something that um, when you think about it. So with Adam, Josh, I mean, one of the things is, you know, we see how this neutral ground of ambition, you know, he had a choice. And, and how essentially at the end, he decided to um, kind of take a negative uh, form of ambition, which was eating of the fruit because he wanted to be like God. And so, you know, for me personally, um, ambition was always also, I guess, in that negative form of, you know, wanting to not, I didn't know how to handle this drive. I didn't know really how to um, you know, manage it in a way that was godly. And so to me, it was always negative. Like I almost condemn myself, if that makes sense, uh, because of this drive. I would say, why do I want these things? And why do I want to kind of move, like, you know, reach the top and everything? And it was, it was hard, man. Like for a long time, you know, I actually would say no to things that I think God wanted me to say yes to because mm -hmm. of the fact that I just did not know how to handle it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so. That's good. Yeah. No, I, I think we need to look at this from a couple angles. You know, you said something. I just want to make this point when we talked about Satan, you know, part of his fall, and we know it was connected to pride, but yeah, that oh was yeah. driven by selfish ambition. So we can see that the fruit of selfish ambition is pride because that started with Satan rebelling against God. And there was five I wills. And he said, I will be like God. I will ascend to that place. And he also tempts Adam and Eve with the same thing. He says, you will be like God in the day you eat this. So we can see that's driven by selfish ambition. It's all about what we get. And if we even go back to that verse that I shared earlier that Paul wrote to the Philippians, um, he tells them to be careful and be aware of selfish ambition and conceit, which is a form of pride. And then he counters it by saying, in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. So we can see right there 
there is the remedy for how do we defeat selfish ambition. It's by putting others first. It's not wow. by putting us first and being driven by our desires and yeah. only what we want. Now, right. this conversation mm. opens up a whole nother dimension <laughs> because then it comes down to, well, what's in our heart? And we're gonna talk about this in terms of our desires and how do we evaluate? How do we know if my desires are of God and if there's something I should pursue or if it's driven by a secret selfish ambition within my heart? And we need to be aware of that. Um, but let's go to what I think is gonna help clear this up. And that was your question about Jesus as son of man, Jesus in humanity. So can you restate that and just kind of bring us back to where you wanted to go with that discussion around Jesus? Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, again, um, going back, and, and this is maybe a shameless plug to the book, The Standard, but, you know, it is, it is a book that really, uh, for me, I use as a devotional. Um, so as I'm reading the Bible, I definitely go through this book um, and, and use it as kind of reference and, and one of the things, Josh, when you wrote the book um, and, and allowed me to kind of take a sneak peek into it uh, before it was even you know, out to the public was the fact that it, it demonstrated for me Jesus as a man. Again, I had always seen Jesus, right? Even as a missionary, you know, a minister, I had always seen Jesus as this almost far off figure. I knew that he had been on earth, but I almost knew the biography of him on earth, right? I never really thought of him as a man, like literally going to work every day, having to provide for his family, um, going out there and having to quote, you know, a job, sometimes getting rejected the job because his competitor got it, you know, and um, uh, basically everything that goes into what you and I do. I mean, listen, to me, Jesus was in sales, right? He had to basically, he wasn't just, I mean, he was in sales. He had to sell his goods. He had to sell his services. And really understanding just, I guess, like, how do you think Jesus handled that? Like this idea of ambition, right? Again, we know that he was the oldest son, right? In the house. Um, you know, we know that he had to provide for Mary. He had to provide for his siblings. And so how did he handle this idea of ambition? What do you, this drive of wanting to, you know, obviously provide for his family? Uh, yeah, but do it, do it like only he could. Yeah. It's such a good question. So um, first of all, I'm honored about the kind things you said about the standard. For anyone who's listening that's just joining us now, or if you're watching this video and you don't know what we're talking about, I did write a book called The Standard, Discovering Jesus as the Standard for Masculinity, where I dive into his life as son of man, and we look at him through the lens of his humanity. And as a human, as 100% God and 100% man, he had to grow in all the dimensions that we grow in, and he was sinless at the same time. So he, no doubt, was tempted in every way that we are. We know that from Scripture. And he would have been tempted with selfish ambition. It's just something that's in our nature. It's something the enemy would have attacked him with. In fact, the enemy did attack him with it. We know during the 40 days of fasting, he takes Jesus to the high place and says, all this can be yours. You can have all the kingdoms of the world. I'm offering them to you right now. If that's not driven by selfish ambition to be the ruler over the earth, then I don't know what is, right? <laughs> so we know that he was tempted. This was real. Mm -hmm. And if it wasn't real 
And if it wasn't something powerful that can affect all men, so I think there's a huge lesson here for us. And this is why we're talking about this, because if this wasn't real, if this wasn't an authentic desire that we are faced with, then the enemy wouldn't have chosen that as one of three strategic attacks on the Messiah. That's powerful, Josh. I mean, we could literally like just stay there for days just talking about that. I mean, think about the fact that this was something so, so powerful. Um, and, and it is, I guess, so within us, right? I think it's within our DNA, this idea of ambition, um, this, 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 you know, topic of ambition, you know, um, that the enemy would want to use it, uh, you know, against Jesus. So, man, please tell me what your thoughts are. What do you think when you, when you, when you think of Jesus as a man, right? Business owner, uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so he was a business owner. He was an entrepreneur. In fact, I have a chapter, and um, we did an episode a few back where we talked about the chapter in the book that Jesus is a businessman. It's one of the more popular episodes we did. So obviously, guys that are listening to this, you work a real-life job. You're looking for practical, actionable strategies. How do I apply the lessons, the mindset, the life of Jesus, and how do I raise the standard in my life? through what he did, through what he models, and through, through what he makes available to us. And let's, let's dive into it. So what we need to understand, we need to understand that Jesus was 100% human and 100% God. Um, and this is key. Now, there's two different things that are happening within the life of the Lord. And I'm going to give a scripture on this because this is important. And I'm going to go to Hebrews And it's Hebrews chapter five, and it's verse eight. And I might even read eight and nine. Um, Yeah, I'm going to read part of nine here too. And it's talking about Jesus in the days of his flesh. And it says in verse eight that although he was a son, okay, so he was a son. He was the son of God and the son of man. The writer of Hebrews says he learned obedience from the things which he suffered. Wow. Okay, we could stop right there. Whoa, now man, let's, that's heavy. <laughs> let me go one more. Let me go yeah. one more because this is the other part of the equation. Okay, let me repeat that. He learned obedience from the things which he suffered and having been made perfect, he became to all those who obey him the source of eternal salvation. And it goes on to say he was designated as a high priest. So there's something there we need to we need to dive into for a moment. Okay, now remember, Jesus is deity. He is God. He's equal to God. He is the Messiah. He's the Word made flesh. He's the living Word. He's not created. He is eternal. And that is the Son of God part of Jesus. However, he comes into Earth's atmosphere as a man in humanity. And in humanity, that's where he's tempted. That's where the writer of Hebrews says he learned obedience. He learned it on the human side. He learned it as a man, tempted in every way. And then it says he was made perfect. So Jesus was already 100% perfect as son of God. But as son of man, he had to submit himself. He had to yield himself to the will of the Father He had to lay down ambition. He had to lay down all the things that you and I are tempted and that reside within us. And as he yields, as he surrenders, as he abandons himself to the will of the Father, which was gradually, and he became perfect. He was made perfect because of obedience. 
And Josh, I think that's the biggest thing that 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 for most men, you know, I think for most believers, that's that's kind of that division is where we have a hard time, right? Because we see Jesus as perfect. And so it's hard to to really kind of like say, well, you know, I can I can kind of relate to him. Uh, he's perfect. I'm not, you know, and I think that that that's where the enemy, that small line, that small division is where the enemy comes in and basically says, yeah, you're not perfect. And here's this opportunity. You should really take advantage of it, right? This 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 ambitious opportunity. And so we, again, just like Adam, we have a choice, right? We can decide to eat of that fruit, or we can decide to not eat of that fruit and really kind of lean into, you know, um, into Jesus, you know, and, yeah. and learn more about Him. So, so I think it's that that's so good, man. I mean, I, I we could stay there for days too, man. That's we- just really really good. Yeah, we could. And you know, what what I would say is this is where the standard has been re- well received. So yeah. uh, I'm excited that people are seeing this and it's really opening the eyes of a lot of men where they're seeing, wow, I have. And these are guys that have walked with the Lord for a long time, guys that have come out of a church background, which I'm always surprised by at the same time. But we only look at Jesus as son of God. We look at him as unrelatable, untouchable. We can't relate to him. Um, We put him in a different category, which he absolutely is in a different category. He is the supreme king. He is the ruler. He is the Lord of lords and the king of kings. But we, at the same time, while we walk through that, we forget that he emptied himself. We forget that he lived life as a man and that he is well acquainted with sorrows and grief. We can look at Isaiah 53 and we can read about, you know, that that is a prophecy about the Messiah that is in touch with humanity. He's in touch with the most broken parts. He's a man of sorrows. Um, He knows the human condition and he's experienced it. He's experienced all of those things and he overcame all those things so we can overcome them. So back to the topic of ambition, Jesus would have had to deal with it and he would have surrendered it. He would have surrendered it to the will of the Father. Now, let's make this actionable for work because everyone listening to this, we all work. We all have to provide. We're all charged with providing. So, okay, guys, so I want to I share another scripture um, which really is tied into ambition and it's tied into work. So we talked about ambition being neutral, meaning it could be negative and we've seen it negative and selfish ambition, but we can also see a positive. So I want to give you a positive scripture here. I promised I was going to show you this from the word and I have a couple verses I want to share with you, but one right now. And Paul's writing to the church at Thessalonica. He says, but we urge you brethren to excel still more. So excel do really well and make it your ambition. He's using ambition in a positive sense here. Make it your ambition to live a quiet life and attend to your own business and work with your own hands. So we can see he's actually linking ambition with our work, that it's okay to have ambition at work. It's okay, lead a quiet life, excel, do well, work with your own hands, so you will behave properly towards outsiders and not be in any need. So we can also see it tied to prosperity, tied to abundance, tied to meeting our needs with the work of our hands. And that is absolutely legal for us to do so. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and Josh, when you say that, and, you know, that verse is to me one of my favorite. And the reason why is because, you know, in the Passion Translation, it talks about us being an example to the world. 
you know, through through us living this quiet life and this this life of just kind of like, you know, leaning into the Lord. And so, you know, one of the things that really for me, uh, and you and I have talked about this so much uh, here recently, is the secret sauce, right? Like what was what was it, man, that Jesus had where he was able to, you know, not fall into these ambitious um, opportunities, or not opportunities, but these ambitious uh, ways that were negative, right? How was he able to, to kind of like overcome that? Um, and that's that's a huge conversation. I mean, it's one that you and I have been having, I would say, for months, uh, just really encouraging each other, you know, um, with that. But yeah, I mean, that secret sauce, right? What was that thing, you know, uh, uh, that Jesus really wanted to kind of go after uh, that helped him to, to to beat that? Yeah, and we are going to do a part two where we break that down with the practical, the actionable strategies for everyone listening that wants to know, how do I guard against selfish ambition? But what I wanna do is I wanna wrap up with just a summary of a couple things we discussed. Number one, ambition can be negative, ambition can be positive, which makes ambition neutral. It's actually neutral. It can be positive or negative. Now, here's the thing. If kingdom men think it's negative and they suppress it, which a lot of people do. They end up suppressing and repressing any kind of ambition in their life to do anything, to desire something, to want to go after something, to want to have a goal. And if they do that, you will be miserable. You will have no vision. You will have no drive. You'll have no fire to go and seize something. You'll have no vigor, no passion. And honestly, Alex, you're going to be pretty boring. You're going to be pretty yeah. religious. You're going to yeah. be sidelined and thinking, well, I'm just going to wait till the Lord comes back and um, I'm not allowed to do anything. I'm not allowed to have a personality. I'm not allowed to yeah. express myself. And right. everything is off limits because I have a checklist of a bunch of stuff I'm not allowed to do as a Christian. Yeah, it's almost the antithesis of that of, of that first Thessalonians verse. You know what I mean? It's like you're basically like such a boring person. Nobody wants to be like you. So right, right. <laughs> I, I've been there, man. So I know I know that that's the truth. You know? Yeah. And, you know, it's a process. We're all in a process of yeah. maturity. We're in a process. And on the next episode, we're going to discuss a part two, what that looks like. What is that process? How do you self-evaluate yourself? And a big topic that I want to dive into on the next episode is how can we trust what's in our heart? How do we know if the desire we have is of God or if it is selfish ambition? Because, um, you know, we still have those things. Alex, you and I are not perfect. Doesn't mm -hmm. matter who we yeah. are, how long we've yeah. been walking with the Lord. There's, We have to be on guard against things that spring up out of our own heart, which can be deceptive and lead us towards something that's really being driven by a selfish motive. And that's something we have to examine ourselves for. And we're gonna talk about that one on the next episode. But the title of this episode was, Should I Be Ambitious? So Alex, should they be ambitious? Absolutely, we should be ambitious. We should, we should go after it. We should have goals, we should have drive. We should take territory. And like Jesus said, we should occupy until he comes. Guys, we'll see you on the next episode. Until then, let's raise the standard. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If what you heard here today resonated with you and you want to fully step in to be the man that God created and called you to be, then I want to give you a free guide. It's called The Map. 
and you can get it at standard59.com. In the map, I will give you 12 biblical strategies that every kingdom man pursuing biblical masculinity must honor. If you're ready to step off the sidelines and pursue the upward call, then get the map today at standard59.com. That's standard59.com. Hey, if there's a brother in your life that needs to hear this message, then share this show with them. And please leave us a rating and review. It helps get the message out there to more men. Until the next show, guys, let's raise the standard.